Welcome to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. On today's NYFF 61 selection, director Neo Sora discusses Ryuichi Sakamoto, Opus, a spotlight selection in this year's festival with NYFF artistic director Dennis Lim. When Ryuichi Sakamoto died in March 2023 at age 71, the world lost one of its greatest musicians, a classical orchestral composer, a techno pop artist, and a piano soloist who elevated every genre he worked in and inspired and influenced music lovers across the globe. As a final gift to legions of fans, filmmaker and Sakamoto's son, Niosora, has constructed a gorgeous elegy starring Sakamoto himself in one of his final performances. Recorded in late 2022 at NHK Studio in Tokyo, this filmed concert is an intimate, melancholy, and achingly beautiful one-man show, featuring just Sakamoto and a Yamaha Grand, as the composer glides through a playlist of his most haunting, delicate melodies, including Lack of Love, the Wuthering Heights, Aqua, Opus, and many more. Shot in pristine black and white by Bill Kirstein and edited by Takuya Kawakami, this stirring film brings us so close to a living, breathing artist that it feels like pure grace. To learn more and get tickets for the last weekend of this year's New York Film Festival, visit filmlink.org. Enjoy this conversation with Neo Sora. Thank you, Neo, for being here and for the film. Thank you. I also want to, I know Laurie is in the audience. I want to thank her for the beautiful words before the screening as well. And we talked a lot about how to present the film, and we almost didn't want to do a Q&A because I don't really want to undo the spell of the film. But it's also very meaningful to have you here, so I, I want to maybe just ask you to say a little bit about the making of the film, but maybe first of all, the origin of the project. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having the film and um, thank you everybody for staying here so late. And uh, I, I feel like it's it's pretty soothing, so maybe you know, maybe sleepy, but uh, thanks for sticking around. Um, but yeah, I mean, the origin of the film is really started with him. Um, he really wanted to do one final concert, but um, his he was, uh, physically ill mm -hmm. so he was unable to do uh, a live one um where he had to sit in front of a piano for an hour and a half or two hours straight and so um we decided to do a uh, film where we can split up the performance into over the course of multiple days and string it together uh as a uh, as a concert film that makes it feel like a continuous concert he came up with the set list right yeah that's right did you talk about that? Like, uh, yeah, I um, he came up with the set list. Well, uh, he usually kind of comes up with a set list pretty close to whatever the performance he was doing, and um, but this time it was a film, and films take a lot of preparation, uh, and so we were like, you know, you, you gotta make the set list early so we can prepare and um make the shots and plan everything and, and he was like oh i've never done that before and i was like you gotta do it this time um and uh so yeah he prepared the the music but then um i suggested the kind of overarching visual theme uh, of the film which was um, the passage of time over the course of a day so we were um, thinking about planning the uh, uh lighting to mimic kind of night at first, and then gradually it becomes morning, then midday to back to evening, and then night again. 
And uh, once um, I sort of suggested that, then he rearranged the track list a little bit to um, kind of fit that arc. So he would take one song and be like, oh, this one feels a little bit more like morning, so maybe we can put it here. And um, this one feels like afternoon. And, and uh, so, yeah. How many days was the shoot? Uh, eight days. Um, and yeah, he played about um, maybe three to five songs per day. Mm -hmm. uh, and we only had about three takes per song. So it was a pretty nerve wracking shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about your collaboration with your cinematographer, Bill Gersten, who I know is here tonight as well? Um, yeah, Bill. Uh, is, is, where is Bill? And stand up. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I guess just, you know, sort of mapping out each song and the visual language of each track and also the film. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I did very little because Bill is just such a magician with the camera and the lighting. So um, I, I got to just lean on him for the most part. But uh, we listen to the music a lot. Um, uh, we kind of internalize the music in our in our bodies and our muscles, and um, especially Bill. And we had um, two other really fantastic camera operators, um, Motomu Ishigaki and Kari Oda. Kari Oda, who's also a filmmaker. And um, we had um, a general plan for um, the cameras to capture certain things at certain moments in the uh in the songs but in between point a and point b which we've defined um we kind of just left it up to the camera operators including bill to be as reactive to the music as possible um, and just let them find whatever they wanted to see at the time because so much of the film was about picking up on the little gestures or the expressions um, so there was a lot of uh it was kind of improv within a or freedom within a structure I love it, and I find it really moving that you left in some sort of imperfections and, you know, these sort of start-stop moments, and you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, of course, we filmed, uh, there's that one song, uh, Bibo no Azura, which he, there's an um, improvisational section in that song, and uh, this, the one in the film was take two, but in that take, he pauses the improvisation and... Um, kind of considers the harmony that he's that he's playing. Um, something about it is not right. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a, a path in the woods that doesn't exist that he's like searching for. Um, and he sort of plays it over again to try to explore different uh, harmonies within that. Um, it's a very dissonant moment within the song. Um, and there's something really, it was, I don't know, watching it was extremely intriguing uh, because I don't know if, I don't know if I've really seen like a musician on, on screen kind of um, searching for the right sounds uh, live. And so, of course, we filmed, you know, the take after that was a perfect, perfectly good take, but we kept the imperfect one in because there was something a little bit more, um, I don't know, just mysterious about this one how many of you were in the studio uh, it's, it's it's just such an intimate performance i'm just wondering how you know this you 
crew? Like how, how many people were there? Uh, there were there were a good amount of people. <laughs> um, this uh, it was actually like a concert for for us. This, yes, okay. Yeah. Um, but in fact, I was actually outside in the booth. But uh, um, we filmed at this place called uh, Five Hundred Nine Studios in NHK, which uh, has a bunch of rules, and uh, they didn't allow us to use any um, wireless uh, systems at all because it would interfere with the kind of radio signals that they had and stuff like that. And um, and so everything was, uh, you know, connected, it was wired. Um, so <laughs> there's like hundreds of feet of cable just all, ar all around the floors, that could, as you could see. And so we needed some cable wranglers and <laughs> they had to be silent. And all the, the floorboards were wooden and they kept creaking and uh so we had to put like blankets and weights and stuff like that so there was a lot of hands on deck to just try to be as quiet as possible and everyone was wearing socks <laughs> i guess i wanted to ask if you know what it what it felt like to make the film because i think for speaking as a viewer i think this is an intensely emotional film um it's the beauty of the music and the beauty of the performance and also the knowledge that it was his last performance. And I'm wondering what it was like to, to be there while you're, you know, also making a film. I, I think people know, but you're, you're Sakamoto's son. We should say that there's a close connection with your subject, obviously. So I, I'm just wondering what it felt like to just be making this. Yeah, a lot of people have asked me this question, um, and uh, I'm going to tell you a, a <laughs> maybe not so kind of touching answer, <laughs> which is that it, it really felt, um, <laughs> there's a lot of practicalities that go into making a film, <laughs> making sure it's captured correctly. And so to be honest, I was really focused on that. Um, but I think our relationship really allowed us to um, uh, I guess, like, sort of push him a little bit more. Um, for example, I don't think he would have um, conceded to make the set list so early. <laughs> I hadn't. I, I been his son and asked him for it. Um, so I think that let us really focus on the filmmaking, actually. Um, but it was really tense, and you can really feel that he was straining himself. And um, to say that we didn't think about sort of his mortality and, and, and possible death um, would be a lie. Um, but that being said, he puts, you know, as once he sits in front of the piano, um, he is extremely energetic and alive. Uh, so it's exhilarating to see that. And um, yeah, usually, uh, you know, whenever he's a really kind of conscious of the camera, usually. So whenever you point the lens at him, he kind of makes a, a cool face or, uh, <laughs> or or acts a little silly, you know. Um, but something happens when he starts playing, which he, um, he starts making really weird faces. Uh, he gets really into the music and he makes these like, I don't know, just these incredible faces as he's listening to his own music that he's playing, he's feeling it. Um, it's like, I don't know, there are times when he's like, it looks like he's threading a needle or just feeling the chord or um, 
he just ate something delicious and he has that like really pained expression or something like that and and it's just really really fun to see that and i was watching that in the booth and be like yeah this this shot you know <laughs> uh, and then we cut to this shot and uh, so you know, it was there was it was a lot of fun for me did he see any of the footage yeah he saw the he saw the completed film he saw the completed film yeah okay. he signed off i assume he signed off like. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just gonna ask one final question which is i guess a kind of a big question I, i was hoping to hear you talk about sakamoto's relationship with cinema you know and how it may be passed on to you i mean you're you're a filmmaker we you know we showed your short film a few years ago and you just finished shooting your first feature and if you can talk a little bit about he obviously was a, a musician who did many different things but cinema was so important i think um and i think he is one of the composers who truly understood cinema and it was also of course a great screen presence yeah i mean i think his first memory of listening to music was um in the movie theater uh, i'm pretty sure it was la strada by fellini um and i think he was i don't know how old he was but three or something and was on the lap of his mother watching the movie and he talks about how he can re still remember the melody of uh, the music and so i think cinema was just always with him and obviously one of his most famous songs merry christmas to florence was his first um film score which is kind of incredible um and I, I kind of wa I watched the movie sort of recently um, for the first time actually and uh, wait for the first time I mean not that recently I was like I don't know 10 years ago or something okay. but um, <laughs> but I watched it you know after um, studying film and starting to make films myself and I just um, it's such a strange soundtrack um, it's really odd and it really just like completely steals the scene which I feel like a lot of film score scores say you shouldn't do but uh um but it's really iconic and memorable and I feel like um the music also evokes the the film um and I think that's what some of the best film music does is kind of give you the image um immediately and um um yeah I think he really appreciated films that told or gave you communicated emotions and communicated ideas in a non-verbal way um and i think he brought that to his music and i think music is one of the mediums that can deliver emotion in the one of the purest ways possible i think it kind of just goes straight to your amygdala you know um and we tried to do that with this movie too um we didn't want to kind of burden it with narrative or words um because the music did all the talking um and yeah i i i like that in in films too and i feel like that's something that i definitely inherited from from him i think that's a good place to end um thank you so much thank you very much yeah.